Hello and welcome back to the Stadio Podcast. I'm Musa Kwonga. I'm Ryan Hun. Ryan, how are you doing? Mm. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's how I'm feeling as well. Um, let's start with some admin and then... Uh... Yeah, some boring admin to start. So when we first started Stadio back in August, a few weeks in, we decided to do some t-shirts when we had no listeners, which is <laughs> quite a good idea. Yeah. Shouts to everyone who bought them early doors because uh, you can prove that you were here at the beginning. Exactly. But we've just put them on sale again. So they are the purple logo available on a white t-shirt or a yellow t-shirt. And they're available for another three and a half weeks from Everpress. They're only about 20 euros, 21 euros. So yeah, if you want some Stadio t-shirts, we've tweeted the link. We'll tweet it again. It's on the Instagram as well. So yeah, go and go and pick them up. Also, thanks to everyone who's left reviews on Apple Podcasts so far. If you do listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Please go and give us a rating and review. It really helps us grow our small little podcast. Yes. Um, little podcast that could. And also you had a piece that went up on the site this morning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, kind of relating to the passing of Kobe. Yeah. Uh, it's really beautiful. It's a really beautiful piece. Oh, I'm really, so much. really proud that we could put that on the site. So yeah, if you, if you haven't checked that yet, it's called um, Two Signs Above My Desk. Yeah. The Two Signs Above My Desk. Yeah. And yeah, go and read that on the site. There'll be more stuff going up on the site this week. We're going to do the football second. So apologies if we go a little bit off away from the normal football stuff first. But yeah, on Kobe, we were talking about it last night, weren't we, on WhatsApp? And for those who don't really follow basketball that much, because they're always, you never know what the listenership is. Yeah, definitely. Just to to clarify. So um, Kobe Bryant played his entire career with the Los Angeles Lakers. Five league titles, I think two MVPs, two finals MVPs. 18 time Um, All-Star. Yeah. um, And died a helicopter crash. Uh, yesterday, along with his daughter, third-year-old daughter, Gianna, and seven other people. Helicopter that he's ridden hundreds of times, it seems, over the years, if not more. And yeah, really, it's sort of an outpouring of grief on social media, but also the response to his death and you know his legacy as it unfolds over the next sort of days, weeks, months, will be complex because of the person he was on and away from the court um, in so many ways to so many people. And there's, you know, that we all get affected by the deaths of people we've never met and never come close to meeting. Um, I mean, when Prince, when I heard the news of Prince's death, I spontaneously sort of burst into tears upon reading of it because Prince was a huge part of my sort of mm. upbringing and listening to Prince. And Kobe Bryant was just sort of someone you grew up with in the background and sort of in the shadow of his legend, I guess. Um, and the piece I wrote tries to engage with that. And it's funny because a friend got in touch with me and she was like, are you okay? Because my father perished in very similar circumstances to Kobe Bryant um, in a helicopter crash uh, when I was very young. So my first association with my dad, you know, my first, my earliest memories are of, of death, really. Like my earliest memory is four years old, burying my own father, seeing him in a coffin in my living room. And I saw the helicopter crash. My friend was like, how are you feeling? And I was like, oh no, I'm fine. I'm fine. And that was like sort of 10 o'clock, but I wasn't fine. And I wasn't like in tears or anything. It's more like my body was just like, it was, it was like when it was like it was like caffeine. It was like caffeine. It was like I just had three cups of black coffee at yeah. ten p.m. and I just couldn't sleep. My body was just like on. Yeah, I had exactly the same experience. And the only way I fell asleep, it was weird. I didn't drift asleep like I normally do. I fell asleep almost as my body was sort of short circuiting and going, "Okay, that's enough of that." Like snap, gone. And the thing about grief is it's so interesting because it is, in many ways, it's the most honest of emotions. It shows us exactly what is there. Mm. You know what I mean, like you can't fake a reaction like that. You know, you, what, it comes from the depths, however you feel about somebody passing. 
um, whoever it is, close to you, not close to you, that is such an honest thing. And it was interesting. That's how I felt about Kobe Bryant. Mm. That makes sense. First of all, it's just a it's just a really, really sad, sad situation. It's this horrible, horrible event. He was on there also with John Altabelli, who's a coach. Yeah. Uh, his wife Kerry and their daughter Alyssa, and they all passed away. And they, you know, they were they've got two other children who have lost both parents and a sibling. I think there was actually another child on the plane too, and the the, the pilots unidentified at the moment. Yeah, but it's I just think horrifying. the reason that we were kind of talking about this today, even though it's not necessarily football related. It raised some questions that you and I were talking about about how we have a like have a relationship with our our kind of sporting icons. Yeah, for sure. And also how there is more than like every 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 relationship that we have with a sporting individual is completely unique to us as yeah. individuals. Yeah. And I think I think the reason it's so so huge and that we're probably talking about it now because I can't remember a sporting death this huge in my lifetime. Edin Senna, maybe. Um, yeah, actually, maybe. It's the only other one maybe. I can remember of this scale. Um, in terms of timing as well. Yeah, I mean, it was strange because Senna was still close to his peak. And what Senna meant to Brazil was just extraordinary. For Senna to die in the manner that he did was almost like, no, but he's immortal. He can't die at that. Like, he doesn't, mm-hmm. it would have been a plane crash, not a car crash. And with Kobe Bryant, these, these icons, they have this sort of, this shadow, this immortality. And he, you know, he was 41, which is no time at all. The thing about, you know, the rape allegations in Colorado, and I'd encourage anybody interested in reading further to read the Daily Beast piece, mm. because the investigation is so thorough and the allegations are so detailed that it really leaves, it really leaves, in my, to my mind, little room for doubt that something very, very disturbing happened in mm. that hotel. And the ramifications of that followed the woman who experienced that, who suffered that and follow her now, you know, and will for the rest of her life to some extent, because she can never escape mm. that experience. And there was always a sense with Bryant, if you consider his greatness on the basketball court, five titles, all the rest of it, to me, that always seemed from Colorado onwards, this attempt, a concerted attempt at image management. Yeah. If you look at what he did post NBA, like, you know, I know a lot of these guys have got their own platforms, like, um, Kevin Durant's got the boardroom, you know, and he's doing that stuff. They build themselves out, they build their profile. But with Brian, it was like, there was always a sort of another business course, a management course, a lecture series, um, you know, the insight. There was always some kind of, the only one, that's who he was to some extent. As you think of it, there was also a sense of, I don't know if you'd call it atonement because I don't think it was that. There was always a sense of, I'm, I'm about more than just what I was in that hotel. I do get that. And does that make sense? I I always felt like with Kobe Bryant, there was a kind of, I'd see all the stuff he was doing going, yeah, like you're lecturing about business and about efficiency and strategy. But part of me, there's a gut feeling of like, ah, you're doing a, you're doing a lot here. Maybe, maybe too much. Um, And maybe the conversations you're having with the public, maybe some of that energy needs to be conversations with, with with yourself Mm. um, and with people closer to scenarios like that. and I know there'll be so much written and said about his legacy and his relationship to the women's game and the many women's basketball stars will come out to how supportive he was. And I think it's important to realise. And how supportive he was of the US women's national team. Like yeah, absolutely. Before, before this real wave in the last few years as absolutely. well. Absolutely. So what I wanted to just want to say really is, um, I mean, I put the piece online. I just want people to sort of, um, I'm not here to tell anybody how to feel. Um, and I also hope that people don't, if people don't provide the prescribed 
grief or if, if people don't respond in a way that feels like sufficiently reverential, you know, in their mind, please try and understand that there are, these people aren't being flippant. It may seem like that. Do you know what I mean? That, that, that there is this, there are people that like, um, how do I say this? Grief is so honest. Mm-hmm. It tells us things about ourselves in the moment that we didn't realize we had. It gives us rage, fear, sorrow, all kinds of things. This moment, this period, you know, when, when someone passes, it gives us so many feelings. And I think we just need to be true to those feelings. Yeah, I totally agree. I want to flag up a couple of tweets from Lindsay Gibbs, who is part of the Burn It All Down crew. She's a brilliant writer as well, and I'd recommend subscribing to her newsletter. She wrote a couple of tweets that I thought summed this up really nicely. Nicely, that's a terrible way to put it, but you know what I mean? In terms of that, there's a precision to the way she expressed Um, it. Yeah, She said, I've been very upfront about how I felt about Kobe and his legacy, but this is just devastating news, and I'm honestly just sitting here stunned. Give yourself and others room to feel complicated feelings of grief thinking of his wife and daughters and also survivors. And um, by survivors, she means victims victims of assault. She also wrote another one saying, I'm not saying to ignore the tough parts of Bryant's legacy, but be careful not to well actually someone's grief. This is a tragedy. And I think this is a key thing here is that people need space. Yeah, you know, and the immediacy of social media wasn't designed. It wasn't designed for space. You it wasn't I mean? designed for something like this. Yeah, it wasn't designed for rapid response. I mean, there's a reason why I wrote an article as opposed to a series of tweets. I wanted it to be laid out in 900 words how I felt in a kind of very clear way and a personal way. Um, and I think that Lindsay has absolutely nailed it. I mean, actually, Lindsay, just a quick plug. That's a fantastic newsletter she has as well. Yeah, um, a sports newsletter. So focus is on. Sexism and sport, basically. Yeah, exactly. So feminist yeah. perspectives and sport. And it's really superb. Um, and it, I've learned so much from it in the short time it's been going up already. Yeah. I think I think another thing to bear in mind is that a lot of people's responses to this is sudden iconic death. Yeah. Because a life is a life, you know? Yes. And someone always grieves for someone. Yes. The problem that I think with things like this is when it's so sudden. Yes. You know, it's different. You had Terry Jones passed away last week, you know, from, from Python. And, you know, I love Python. Yeah. But... He was an elderly man who'd been ill. and, was a foreshadowed, and it, was a, yeah. it was kind of a, and, and away from, this doesn't make it any easier for the people around him and his family, but in terms of a, an iconic death, it's a different experience because it's someone who is... Someone, some, he had that hinterland. He yeah, had, the, he had yeah. those, like Prince didn't get those years. Prince 57, no. Bowie got those years. But even Bowie to a degree, because it was so sudden and no one knew he was ill. Good point. Yeah. It, it was a kind of a, a middle ground. Yeah. Um, you know, he just dropped a new album. And I think the thing that was so shocking about the, the, the Kobe thing was, you had LeBron, this massive symbolism of LeBron passing his points tally in Philadelphia, where Kobe's from, the night before playing for the Lakers. Yeah. And then giving this incredible four minute, 30 second speech about what, yeah, what it was- meant and the relationship between yeah. them when he was a young player and all of this stuff. Um, you had the video that went around a couple of weeks ago of Kobe and his daughter Gianna talking about basketball. And she, this is something that... I, I, now, I have a younger sister, you know, who's, who's a teenager and um, they're, they're different in age, but it's, I think this is the thing with things like this is what I'm trying to say is and not very coherently is that it can trigger multiple emotions, emotions and yep. it can also re-trigger personal grief that has nothing to do with Kobe Bryant. Absolutely. You know, same, same, same for me. Yeah. Same I mean, me. you, yeah. you wrote about this, you know, you wrote about what, how this related and to when your dad passed away. Um, 
for me, kind of not wanting to go too into it because it's a personal thing, but you know, you know how much last year sucked for me. Right. Yeah. It was terrible. And yeah, yeah. Um, the deaths and other stuff of people who were very close to me, you know, my grandmother, my grandmother passed away and, it, and she was someone that I idolized. And it was really strange that they're two completely unrelated individuals and yet the nature of it 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 transports you instantly back there people so i think what i'm trying to say with things like this is that this is what makes deaths of sporting icons who are problematic 99 percent of our heroes are probably problematic in 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 some degree um i don't think that the the negative sides of their career or their history should ever be forgotten or written over just because they've passed but you're dealing with an individual also who is probably given a huge amount of people who say Lakers fans, probably some of the best experiences of their life. If you take out key life moments, you know, if we go through our top 10 moments, a, a load of them will be football related. Manchester United winning the treble. When I was at my first at university, I jumped out my friend's first floor bedroom and ran around the yard screaming my head off and they saw the late winner. It's a top 10 moment in terms of an emotional ex- high in my life. Mm. Right. And that's a thing. That's an emotion. That's a thing I would just list. It's like a top, sounds sad, but it's a top 10 feeling. And, um, you know, you look at what Bryant gave people, the amount of times that Manchester United had a late winner and I was having a terrible time at uni or struggling, or whatever. And you, you'd know that whatever you were going through, you could catch them playing a game and they're kind even not just the, not just them winning, mm-hmm. but the way they won, the way they'd always fight, the inspiration, the way that they always found a winner from somewhere. You know, when, when Bryant won in 2010, uh, NBA finals and he just kept making the fadeaways mm. he just kept making jump shots throughout the playoffs and I remember just watching that when I was I was in Toronto at the time seeing my cousins and you know Bryant gave people like me that or when I was growing up and you you grow up and you, these these superheroes where like you know I was a black kid at a mostly white school and you see this guy just bawling out and it's like wow these people are like superheroes so it's almost like and I'm not saying this is no this is not in any respect at all to do away with the really grim and in some respects uh, grim, you know, r- the really grim parts of his legacy there's no it's not to do that away it's to say that you're navigating that when you look at what Brian was in some respects away from the court there's the activism of course as a Black Lives Matter work he did was outstanding Kaepernick he stood by him and they're shouting him out today on Instagram but the grim parts of his legacy will I think in some minds be shielded Mm. by the amazing stuff he did on the court. And we need to navigate all of it in time. And I'm not saying this is even the time. And the reason I wrote that article is just to kind of put a bit of a, um, a bookmark. Mm. So people wouldn't necessarily read it and be like, oh, I get it now. It's almost like in time, when we consider the fullness of his legacy, we look at all that he was. Mm. I think that's important. And also just the way that I think give individuals the space yes, to process right. things like this in how they need to, because... Yeah, like I said before, even though we don't, we don't know these people, yeah. we feel like we do. And therefore, each relationship with them is super, super personal and specific to our experiences with them. You know, it's like you wrote in your piece about you know, your, your father passing away and then finding out afterwards things that right. he wasn't so perfect for. Absolutely, because, yeah. And um, yeah, sorry, I'm not very good at stuff like this, but like, I think it's, it's... No, you're good. I just it's think good. It's, it's good. things like this are just... Um, they really put things into perspective, yeah. you know, because three kids have lost their dad. Yeah. Vanessa Bryant has lost a child and a husband and- And then other three kids that make up their teens. Yeah. I mean, like, for me, I'm like, 
they didn't make it out of their teens. They didn't even get to see any of this. And I, you know, I woke up this morning, as cheesy it will sound, I'll be like, okay, what do I absolutely want to do today and this week? Like, absolutely. What are the things I'm kind of putting off or afraid to do? As cheesy as that sounds, and I have this thing about the, the article's title is The Two Signs of My Wall. And one of those signs basically says, we do the best we can in the time that we have. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that, that that note went up there because of my dad. Like he died when he was 40. And, you know, it's, for me, the moment I passed the age of 40, I was basically in injury time. Mm-hmm. I never envisaged living past the age of 40. I never, and I actually, when I passed my dad's age, I'm going to slightly freak out and be like, oh my God, what do I do now? Like I had a midlife crisis at the age of like 25. Cause I'm like, I haven't done anything in my life. My dad died at 40. How much time have I got left? So it's so personal, all of this. And I just want people to encourage, I want to encourage anyone affected by this to really sit with their feelings about it. Yeah. But also try not to, again, as you said, police anybody else's feelings about it, if that's okay. So yeah, anyway, that's all I have to say about that. Shall we take a break? Yeah, let's do it. All right, we're back from the break. We are indeed. And we're going to try and be a little bit more chipper. Can I, I say, I, can I, actually, can I say? Go on. <laughs> can I say shout out? You know what I'm going to say? Do I? A shout out this week. Oh, you're for, doing a shout out? We haven't ch- done a shout out. For, for cheering me up at such a difficult time. You know, this is a grim, it was a grim yeah. experience, you know, to examine the emotions. But Paolo Lopez. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's save that because we need to get onto this. Okay, okay. People who listened to last week would have been aware that we had a text from my dad. Amazing. And he, we read that segment out about his thing. And he informed me that he's changed his will (laughs) because of it. (laughs) There you go. Consequences. (laughs) And then he wrote, ha ha, not really. Consequences of actions. Thanks, dad. I I, I was trying to get a match report off him, but. um, I think he's loving the celebrity. He's loving it. He's playing golf. Yeah, this is. The, I'm a little bit worried about that he's going to be drunk on fame soon. You're creating a monster. Yeah, I have, and he's newly retired as well, so he's uh, he's looking for something to keep him busy. So I hope he's. You know, he'll probably end up on Talk Sport or something. My friend, that Daphne Steinberg, Daphne's dad, um, doesn't like social media. He's off social media. Doesn't like it at all. And then Daphne started doing pictures of him, and now he can't get enough. Now he's like selfie city. He's like in his seventies. <laughs> he's like <laughs> loves it. Right. Okay. So where do we want to? Where do we want to start on the football stuff? Do you want to go Paolo Lopez, bit of a light entertainment yeah, in funny. the uh, Derby <laughs> della Capitale? Uh, sorry, Derby della Capitale. Yeah, so uh, Lazio play Roma and, um, you know, it's, I feel a bit sorry for Chris Morgan because he's playing quite well for Roma, actually. Paolo Lopez really didn't want him to clear that, did he? <laughs> yeah. So corner comes in, it was a 1-0 to Roma late on in the Derby. Yeah, Dzeko scored the first. Ball gets whipped in um, from the corner, from the right flank, I think. Mm. And it gets headed up in the air by Davide Santon. And instead of punching it over, let it go over the bar, Paolo Lopez just smacks it back up in the air. Well, I think he, did he, he get the contact on it the first time or was it Santon? He keeps Santon first and he keeps, I think he keeps it in play. Yeah. But the thing is, if he just let it go for a corner. Yeah. It was calm. It was fine. It was calm. But not only did he then do his best to keep it in play by just punching it back up in the air again, it was dropping right on Chris Smalling's head, who would have had a free <laughs> header just to head it clear. <laughs> and just before it landed on Chris Smalling's head, he decided to flap at it again yeah. and it went in. It was honestly one of the weirdest goals I think I've ever seen. I put in 
we don't usually do notes, but because my head was a bit all over the place this morning, I put some notes down and I just put match fixing question mark. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I that's a, no. I'm joking. Well, but, Paul Lopez is so it won't be match fixing only because only he could produce a moment so wonderful and free of charge. And Messi was nowhere near. Nowhere him. to be seen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor pal. Poor pal. Oh. Well, that ended it ended one one. You cheered me up though anyway. So Karen, yeah. thanks, pal. Uh, Inter drew again. Yeah. Ashley Young got his first assist though on his debut. It's Antonio Conte, some kind of like what's that figure in um the the Poet Pur- Society? <laughs> oh Captain My Captain. Like he's, he's recruiting, rescuing. It's almost like a rescue a, a sort of Inter Milan's like a sort of rescue home for for stray stray footballers who've lost their way is, is the culture whisperer <laughs> yeah. <just> sort of, you know. <laughs> turned out to be a good point in the end because Juve lost away to Napoli never a nice place to go Napoli no Chesney should, probably should have done better on the first palmed it out but then Insigne's goal you see Insigne's goal didn't catch it no oh wow it was amazing kind of a really sweet volley into the floor that bounced up into the corner oh class he's a player that's really Insigne is kind of like Delivered in a real cult hero way, hasn't he? I, I, I love I've always he? really loved him. I love, I love Even, him. I mean, his form has been obviously up and very up and down. There's been times when he's looked like the next, like he could break into that like top five. But he's one of his mean? players. That's kind of what we love about them. Actually, there's a piece going up in a related context uh, on players like that by Justin Salhani. Check oh, it yeah. Out. Who himself is a kind of Insigne type player, I suspect. Oh, I've never seen Justin oh. play, but I think there's Insi- <laughs> like, he's got big Insigne energy. Well, I actually saw a video of Justin Salhani playing once, I think it was like futsal. Um, outside and he did a trick on someone then he just got flattened <laughs> listen you pay the cost to be the boss yeah. uh, Cristiano Ronaldo got a goal back it's eight in a row for him Cristiano Ronaldo who has a knack of turning up in haircuts that were already out of fashion like five years ago and just really bad in like versions of them that is such a footballer thing though He's, he has really bad like hair. The co- like the comb over. You know the footballers brought that whole comb over thing, like the card yeah. he wears a kind of like conscript type haircut, like the sort of yeah. officer and a gentleman. Shave the parting. When you, when you see, when you see, yeah, when you see him like walking around, you expect him to be wearing like sort of all sort of a military lapels and like a hat under a hat under his arm, that kind of energy. Yeah, weird. Yeah. Um, do you want to go to the FA Cup quickly before we go to the Bundesliga? Yeah, either men's or women's really. If you look at the, I mean, women's is pretty straightforward. Yeah. Um, Chelsea for Charlton Nil and they changed nine players, Chelsea. Yeah, the only real interest uh, was in the men's, I suppose, uh, Shrewsbury-Liverpool. But even the team that Liverpool played was, you know, obviously it was big rotation. Mm, big rotation energy. Big rotation energy, exactly. Shrewsbury we need to stop back. doing that. It's going to get so old. Yeah, but now it's milk it while it's still there. So that's, what my, that's my belief. Always milk the memes. So Cummings scores twice. And, you know, can I shout out to Cummings because he rescued his friend Donald Love. Terrible own goal, mm. the second Liverpool goal. Beautiful finish, actually, in the context of the game. Um, so yeah, two all Shrewsbury to get a replay at Anfield and Liverpool will be rotating entirely for that so they could have a chance to go through in that tournament, which is exciting. United win 6-0 at Tranmere. Uh, beautiful goals. Almost every one of them was a worldie, which is great. Uh, but fundamentally, it's not going to change the state of play or how I feel about things United. So yeah, it's pretty uneventful FA Cup, unfortunately. Well, the Bundesliga wasn't uneventful. The Bundesliga... <laughs> is it's the world's biggest look at me league should we do it for the ASMR fans the Bundesliga is the best league in the world everyone the roll neck is better than the cardigan stop that talk <laughs> leave that in yeah, leave we're, that we're in. actually come, we've come fully ready for war Moose is wearing a roll neck and I'm wearing a cardigan I'm wearing a double roll neck look at that check it out check it oh out oh my god he has got is a double that- roll neck I've, I don't have two cardigans I have a cardigan and a Luka Doncic t-shirt. I'm like, I'm like Thor when he turned up to fight Thanos. He had his new weapon. That's me. Double like we keep, every week we keep telling people what we're wearing. <laughs> Get a bit. They're intrigued though. They're intrigued. People ask us. They don't ask us. 
No one asks. No one asks. (laughs) No one asks. (laughs) asks. Um, So Hertha won in Wolfsburg uh, after being 1-0 down. Jordan Tiranariga scored the first. And then Dodi Lukabako got the winner in stoppage time. Well, 89th minute it was, just before stoppage time. That's a huge win for Hertha. Yeah, and a nice player, Lukabako too. I'm glad he came, he came through. And they've responded really well to... We, we were a little bit worried about them last week after the buying game because it, was a, it, it stopped some very sturdy progress from them. Have you seen this week? They buy and just do that to people, don't they? They're in that mood right now. And it's opened up a little bit of a gap between uh, Bremen, who are in, still in the uh, relegation playoff spot. There's five points now between Hertha and, and Bremen. Bremen lost again. Bremen are in trouble, man. Yeah. Bremen are in big, 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 big trouble. Because you can't see Bremen where the momentum's coming from. Whereas, no. you know, even, I mean, Cologne got done 5-1, two more goals for Holland, but you can see where Cologne are going. There's a direction there. Union are doing well. They got a 2-0 win. Yeah. Um, the uh, Naven Subotic scored the first. Yeah, they look good, actually. Um, what else? Oh, Gladbach against Mainz. That was a game. I mean... Mainz look good. I, as in, considering Mainz have been struggling. Well, they took the lead yeah. against Gladbach, um, who fought back. And Florian Neuhaus got the, the, that beautiful goal. He floated a chip from 40 yards. It was so good. That was an amazing, amazing strike. Check it out if you can. That's one of the goals of the weekend, actually. It's my favourite goal of the weekend. Just to explain the goal that, that I'm against uh, Mainz, just to sort of quickly recap it. Um, keeper comes out and punches it clear and is a bit off his line, about 20 yards, 15 yards off his line and is scampering back to his goal line. And he just looks up and floats this beautiful chip, like aims it right over him and the only call it can go. Uh, glorious finish. It kind of, it was like the, did you watch, uh, we didn't even mention this in the Serie A bit, but Atalanta beat Torino 7-0 in Turin. Wild. Ilicic, Ilicic has been Ilicic's goal when he hit that free kick Jeez. really quickly over, uh, who's in goal? His Sirigu, isn't it? Yeah, that was a Atalanta absolutely balling. The yeah, they've, they've, they've won, they've got two five goal salvos in the last four, they've scored five, five and seven in the last four games. The other game was a one all draw against uh, Inter, which they could and should have won. They won seven nil, but they lost to Spal last weekend. Oh, Spal. Right. Uh, lost to Fiorentina and then drew with Inter. Oh, so I think there's a couple. Right? Yeah, yeah no, but it was the first game back they beat Parma. Okay, my apologies. So, good win for Gladbach. Great win for Dortmund. Erling Haaland scored two more after coming on as a substitute. Sancho got another Sancho cl- got, got a closet a, beauty as well. A goal and an assist. I think that's his 11th goal and 11th assist this season in the league. Sancho's goal reminded me of uh, Del Piero, actually. The way he went in and out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the, the noise around Sancho's quieting down now because he's, he's in good form. Yeah. Why would he leave Dortmund? I wouldn't. Why would he leave right now? My goodness. So much fun. Uh, RB Leipzig. Got it done. Katzenfisch. No, no. <laughs> no, Frankfurt just had that energy where they can come out. You look, they, don't forget that Frankfurt overturned Bayern earlier, which led to the sacking of Kovac. True. They are a team that can catch you cold. I mean, they're not the Frank, the Eintracht of last season, they're but not, they've lost is, a lot of players. Which is why they can catch you cold. Um, um, and they, they have that intensity. If you don't, if you sit off them, they will punish you. Nagelsmann was very, very angry afterwards and basically said something about, he had a quote, what was it? Something like, we've reached the summit. It's up to them if they want to sit down and have a, something to eat and a drink or if they want to actually go to the they needed a loss like that for them to see Nagelsmann angry. Yeah. I think once a season, a team needs a beating to really get them aligned with what it means to win the whole thing. Because I'm not sure how many of that squad have actually won, as they say, the chip, won the big thing before. I don't think any of them have. They have won they? a major league title. Not ones in that, in that starting 11. I'm not sure anyone have won a major league title, like as a top five league title. I can't think of any off the top of my head. No, nothing There comes. might be one or two. No, I don't think so. Yeah. Your boys Paderborn beat Freiburg. I know. Whilst being down to 10 men. 
Um, They're just a team that's been under-resourced, though. Freiburg have been in good form. Yeah. Well, they, they play good football throughout the season. They just don't have the resources to play the football they want to. Freiburg? Yeah. Yeah, Christian Schreit's done a great job there. Yeah. Um, we mentioned Union. We mentioned Wolfsburg. I think that's enough for the Bundesliga this week. I'll be hopefully at Hertha Schalke on Friday. Good um, stuff. I hope, hope it's not too chilly. La Liga was interesting. La Liga was interesting. Well, 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 it wasn't. It wasn't. I mean, the games weren't interesting. The results were interesting, but the games were not. Yeah. I mean... The valencia Barça game was a worrying. bit of a weird one. It's worrying for us. Right. It was a weird one because, I mean, obviously it was the first time Barca have lost there in, what, 14 years or something like that, I think it was. That long, my goodness. But also, Valencia haven't lost at home this season. They're the so, only side who haven't lost at home apart from Barca and Real Madrid. So it's not a place to go to get yourself back together. It's not a nice place to go the next diet if you're still working out who you are. Yeah. And they looked... <sighs> The, the kind of the, the problems of Barcelona, there was sort of the tantric football of possession, possession, but not chance creation. Mm. They're still working out the attack configuration. Griezmann, Messi and Ansu Fati, they remind me so much of the front three for France at the World Cup before they got Giroud up front as the nine. When they had Dembele, Griezmann and Mbappe as the front three, and it just couldn't work against Peru. They couldn't penetrate. Because what they realised was these players all like arriving from deep and don't like being the pivots. And I'm not sure that Messi, Griezmann, or Ansu Fati, well, in fact, they know they don't. They don't enjoy being the pivot, which mm. you need sometimes against defences like that. Um, and it's you look at the um, Valencia, when they got beaten 4-2 by Barca a couple of seasons ago, and Iniesta was still there, and they had Suarez as the nine, and you really see the difference that Suarez makes. Yeah, Just being a number nine, occupying the centre-backs and allowing everyone else to swarm around him. Um, look, I just think of Barcelona as a 4-2-3-1. I think that's a devastating team. You play Barca 4-2-3-1 with Frankie de Jong, and Busquets or Arthur, your midfield three or your attacking three of Griezmann, Messi, and Sufati behind De Suarez. I think you are devastating. What about Ricky Pooge? Tucked in Ricky Pooge. Absolutely, yeah. But you do, I think that nine is an essential. And I, they've neglected that role, to be honest. They neglected it by not trying to sign someone like a Holland. I don't know how, how hard they tried to get him, but I th- I th- who knows? Well, I mean, he might end up there one day. Yeah, I think he should. Well, should we get some questions done before we go? Yeah, let's get some questions in. Questions, yeah. It kind of threw us that first bit, didn't it? A little bit. Yeah, yeah. Questions are good, though. Let's get some questions in. Okay. This one's from David Bruce on Twitter. Despite their classic catfish game against Newcastle, Okwanga briefly said in the last episode that he doesn't believe Everton will be a catfish this year. Have Everton catfished Okwanga into believing that they won't be a catfish? Hashtag catfish inception. <laughs> catfish inception. Okay. Um... <laughs> I feel a bit bad for Everton fans because we rarely speak about Everton without the mentioning that term. Maybe we should do that. But I don't think they will be. I, I cannot speak. Be. I must not speak. I cannot speak. Yes. <laughs> if I speak, I'm in big trouble. <laughs> I don't think they will be though. I, they're just a different, they're, different, they're already a different team under Ancelotti. Like they're already, like look at like the form of Calvert-Lewin and Moise Keane. They're already different. I think it's funny because like teams are going to lose football games. Every time a team loses a football game, you can't call them a catfish. And it's, it's, it's the, it's the I character. Think it was the, I think, I think, do you know what I think we've done actually? I think it's actually our fault. I think we hyped them too much at the beginning of the season. And therefore the only reason that Everton are actually a catfish is because of you and I. And there's not actually any other reason. I think the people who really knew the club very well. No, you know, we don't actually know because we're not we're not actually wrong because that, that, that brilliant tweet from the Everton account 
where it said, actually, everything is a simulation. <laughs> <laughs> the amazing Everton fan account coming was it? Everton's basically a simulation. It's been created to extract the maximum stress. <laughs> um, okay. I mean, we're United, we're very catfish at the moment. We're probably the biggest. I mean, we're, we're probably the front runners. Did you see Jonathan Liu's great thing about United on Sunday Supplement? Hey, shout out Jonathan Liu. Outstanding segment. Um, delivered, delivered in a in a cardigan as well. So extra. Listen, strong, strong. Listen, I was like, you, you sent me a message and yeah, cardigan, extra points. I was like, can't dispute that. Uh, in fact, this, I want to address this. Yeah, let's get so, into it. Right. So if Jonathan Liu was wearing a roll neck in that scenario, yeah. I don't think people would have took him as seriously. I think he have a different energy. I think there's something... Can I, I, I say it? Can, can I say it? You can say it. Liberate yourself. Say it. Speak your truth. Okay, if someone's trying to tell me something whilst wearing a roll neck, <laughs> I, ju- I just assume that I'm being lied to. <laughs> <laughs> Why not, are, you, what are you hiding under there? I'm not even mad at it. It's because you... I'm not even mad at it. Because <laughs> no, you do not, this to me all the time. Ha, put it this way. Have I ever asked anybody to trust me? Have I ever actually? Have I ever actually done like that? Like the snake and jungle book. On, on this podcast, thank you, thank you. You know, you, you knew what this was. It's yeah, like when the, you signed up for it, like, like, you, yeah, you, you knew what this was. Have you catfished me into a podcast? <laughs> the big reveal. The big reveal. Am I getting kicked out? That's what this was. Yeah, exactly. You look different to your pictures. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> oh my god alright let's have another question before this gets out of hand wow wow okay wow. okay one from John Squire should Liverpool face punishment for Klopp's approach to the Shrewsbury replay given his comments should Liverpool massively reduce ticket prices I mean he's not breaking any rules right no so they'll still put a good team out I'm just less you know what given the particular circumstances all the travel Liverpool's first team have got to do this season like it's unprecedented, the World Club Cup and all the scheduling ties. I'm inclined to go easy on them because they have had to play too much football. Just an absolutely wild amount of football. When United, won, when United went to compete the World Club Cup, they were given the, World, they were given the FA Cup off. They yeah, were given a break from the entire... People forget this. Oh. They were given the tournament off and they still humiliated themselves. Liverpool weren't given any breaks and they went and won the damn thing. I know. So listen, let me just say that's the context. In terms of how I feel about Liverpool in this, well, look. They showed up, so let, let them have some time off. Yeah, and Shrewsbury get to go to Anfield, exactly, and hopefully they'll win. Yeah, you know, if it means reduces the fixture list for Klopp, uh, gives Shrewsbury a very famous FA Cup win, and a great I think it's win-win, a great windfall. Yeah. Um, following on from that, one from Ao Lehi. Do you think there's any value in scrapping FA Cup replays or should we just scrap the League Cup to bring back the magic to the FA Cup? I actually saw Gary Lineker tweet something about this earlier, which is very similar to my thoughts. What are his thoughts? Scrap the League Cup. Start the FA Cup earlier. Get rid of replays. And I think it was something about offering lower teams home or away. Amazing. I love that. Perfect. That's great. Make it a real pyramid. Yeah. Yeah, great. Because the thing I used to love about the FA Cup was watching highlights of like Runcorn. Yeah. Like, you know, Runcorn and Kingstonian and like seeing those oh, highlights. My, my dad used to play for Kingstonian. Yeah, right, right. So you'd see all that, like, you know, Billericke and because teams like Billericke would have, they'd have ex-pros there mm. or people who, ex-pros who were like now sort of retired a couple of years back or who'd got really bad injuries. And so that, that kind of like sort of Essex area, we'd have loads of really good like non-league sides who could have been pro in a different life. 
So yeah, that's the kind of, that is the magic of it. Bring mm. that back. Yeah. I mean, I love the FA Cup, but yeah. I just find that it gets maligned. Yeah, there's just too much of it, I think, because you condense it all from, well, when the big teams come in in the third round. But maybe just give a bit more coverage early on as well. Yeah, definitely. You know. But I, I, English football has a massive scheduling problem anyway. They just yeah. can't seem to figure it out. I don't have the answers. That is why we're in this bloody room doing a podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm doing for, a podcast for with now. a catfish. For now, for now. Oh, that's Strokes scary. White cat. Should we yeah. get out of here? Yeah, let's get out of here. Um... Thanks to everyone for bearing with us for that opening bit. Hope we, I don't know. Navigated it. Yeah. Don't forget, check the website, stadio.football, Instagram, at stadiofootball, Twitter, at stadio. If you do listen on Apple Podcasts, give us a rating and review. Anything else you want to plug before we play out? Uh, no, I'm good. I'm yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're playing out this week with Talk Talk, a track called New Grass. And yeah. Catch you soon. Look after each other. See ya.